Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Pennies to Pounds podcast. And this, if you didn't know, is a podcast where we aim to simplify difficult financial jargon, dispel myths, and rectify your own personal problems. That was not the order I usually do it in. For some reason, I went blank for a second. But we are back today, and we are back with the famous, the popular, Penny Problems. So this is the episode, for those of you who don't know, where I answer your own personal problems. I try and rectify them as best I can, and give you the best kind of financial guidance that I can give. So if you're following me, and when I say me, I mean pennies to pounds on Instagram, which is at pennies to pounds pod on Instagram. I asked on my story if you guys need any questions that you want me to answer. So I got quite a few in, which is exciting. You'll be happy to hear. Um, so if you in the future want any questions answered, keep them, keep them close. Either email me at email, um, email at info at what I pause. Email me, info at pennies2pounds.co.uk if you have any questions or follow me on the Instagram, the pennies to pounds pod Instagram and wait and see when I put it up on my story because every time I come and record, I'm going to do penny problems. I'll put it on my story so you guys have a chance to put in your own problems. But without further ado, we shall get into it. So the first question that I have here, it says, what strategies have you put in place to achieve your savings goal? not including roundups. So that's a good question. For those of you who don't know, my goal for 2020 is to save up at least half of my house deposit. So depending on where you want to live, your house deposit may vary from, I don't know, 10K to 50K, if you want to say in London, it all depends. So I may even save up at least half. I want to leave, I want to live, sorry, on the outskirts of London, so like Kent, Essex, not quite in London. Um, so yeah, that's my aim. And the way I'm going with it, is so I work part-time and what I'm saying to myself is cool right so I work part-time and I can survive off my part-time wages including like paying rent including paying my phone bill my car insurance everything my part-time wages covers that as well as you know leisure money if I want to go out buy stuff that covers that so the way I'm seeing it because when it comes to saving for a house, obviously it will vary depending on what your savings goal is, but mine is a house. So when it comes to saving for a deposit, you have to be very, very disciplined with your saving. And I mean, that takeaway you wanted has got to go and that money's got going to saving because you have to literally be very frugal and be willing to give up some of your wants and needs for whatever period of time, um, not needs, some of your wants for a, per- for a period of time to be able to achieve that goal. So what I'm saying to myself, because I'm I'm a freelancer, I as well as obviously giving financial guidance via social media and this podcast, I also do some illustration on the side and I do hair colouring. So any money that I get via my freelance forum, um, freelance medium, I have said it's going into savings. So if I do some illustrations and I get money that way, savings. If I do hair and I get money that way, savings. If I do a talk and I get money that way, savings. That is all going into savings. I'm being more disciplined. And when I get paid, um, so I know some people use the, you know, the 70-30 rule. Some people, as in with regards to savings, so they put away 30% of their income and save, uh, not save, they put away 30% of their income into savings and they spend 70, whether that's on, you know, utilities, bills, going out, whatever. So I don't really do that. It's, it's a method of savings, a method that some people use, even, you know, 2080, 9010, whatever you want to do. I tend to assess it based on my income. So what I'll do is I'll pay off my rent first, you know, pay off my phone bill, pay off my car insurance, get all those liabilities out of the way. So now I'm left with whatever the money is for me for the rest of the month. And then from then I'll be like, okay, cool. 
right? So I just want to spend, let's say, 200 pounds this month. And that's including everything. That's with, you know, if I want to go out here and there, if I want to order takeaway, if I want to do whatever, 200 pounds is going to be spent that month. So I have a, another account. So, you, you know, like Starling, Monzo, N26. I have another one of those accounts, which is just empty. And I transfer my spending money for that month into that account. So that way I don't have to worry about going over. I don't have to worry about dipping into it and be like, oh, I said 200, but I spent 350. No, that's not happening because there's only 200 pounds in that account. So that's what I do. And I use the remainder. So if I have another, like, I don't know, have a couple of hundred left over, that goes into my savings. So it's not necessarily strategies. It's just more, I'm very disciplined and I'm becoming more frugal with regards to savings. And when I tell you my saving includes, I'm getting every single cash back there is out there. So you might have heard me mention before, um, I spoke about Quidco and Top Cashback. These are two key websites if you're in the UK to get cash back. So quickly, briefly, cash back is essentially free money. So retailers will list themselves on like Quidco and Top Cashback and they'll pay Quidco a fee um, to be on there. And that basically means that you as a consumer are able to go onto Quidco and say, you know what, I'm going to buy something from eBay. And eBay giving me back 2% you know, cash back on all my purchases. So if I'm going to purchase something on eBay, which is £100, I'm going to get back £2. It may not sound like a lot, but that is money that you would have spent regardless. So you're able to go through that and it's essentially free money. It may take, it's something that takes between a week to three to six months for it to clear because it's, it depends on, you know, Quidco go to the retailer and say, okay, did this person get this? Um, have they returned it? Because if you return it, you void your cash back. Um, so it's a lot of things behind the scenes, but then it will get credited to your Quidco account and then you can withdraw it however you want. So that's just essentially free money. So I'm very frugal with cash back now. I was before, but now I'm on it. Everything I'm going to order online, I will go type in quidco.com and I'll figure out, is there cash back? Can I get money back? And I'll claim that cash back. So that's how I'm saving right now for my savings goal. Obviously, depending on your goal, depends on how frugal you want to be and how you know disciplined and strict you are with your money. Um, your, your goal may be a bit smaller. Maybe um, you want to save for a holiday, save for a car. So you may not need to be as stringent as I am. Um, but yeah, that's how I'm currently saving. Um, let's go to the next question. So the next question is, with regards to credit accounts, such as Kalana, does it help your credit score to close them or is it worth keeping them open and barely using them? So I feel like this is this gets a bit confused. So credit accounts, so Kalana is a buy now, pay later service if you haven't heard of them already. So essentially you can go on a website, for example, let's say, I'm trying to think of a website, let's say Pretty Little Thing. Go on Pretty Little Thing and I have a basket worth of £60. I'm able to use Kalana, use their services at the checkout. It's literally like a method of payment. Click through and say, I either buy now and pay in 30 days or buy now paying free. So I'll split the payment into free payments, pay in free payments, and then it's done. Um, so Kalana... I wouldn't say necessarily increases your credit score, but it can definitely harm it if you somehow end up missing payments. So that doesn't really have an effect on your credit score, whether you have it open or closed, because it's not really an account per se. If you have a credit limit, so if you have like a credit card um, or an overdraft, which you have open and you barely use, um, depending on how many you have, I'd say if you had, let's say you're someone, you have three credit cards out. Yeah, and you don't use any of them. You just kind of just have them out to show, look, I can get credit, yeah? And you don't use them, then I definitely recommend you closing at least one of them just because you're reducing you're, you're reducing your availability of credit. Um, so if you now have three credit cards out, but then you say, you know, I need to get this big car loan, the 
you know, whoever is going to offer you that card is going to run a, a credit check and they're going to see, well, you've really got X amount out in credit cards. So your availability of credit, how much credit you can basically borrow has been reduced. So I definitely say if you have credit out that you're not currently using, you don't have no intention of using, then reduce it. If your aim is trying to improve your credit score, I always, always, always say get a credit card, but make small pe- small purchases on them. So if you're going to have a credit card and you say, you know what? Um, one thing my dad does is he has a credit card and he put his weekly shop on there. So he has the money for the weekly shop, obviously, but just as a way to improve his credit score and just to keep it up, he's got an impeccable, impeccable credit score anyway, but just as a way to kind of keep it up, he'll put, he'll pay for the weekly shop on there. And obviously at the end of the month, he's got direct debit to clear the whole amount and it's done. So if you, if you know you're going to do small purchases like that, if you're going to use your credit card maybe to travel and then you're going to re- reimburse yourself to travel, you know, pay for credit card that way, then that's perfect if you want to increase your credit score but things such as like Kalana any kind of store cards aren't really vehicles to increase your credit score um, but they definitely can be detrimental to your credit score if you end up missing payments or making late payments etc etc so I hope that's answered that question um next question advice on pension saving I'm still young I'm 24 but I feel like I should be putting aside more um, so pensions are, that is a very, very big topic and something that I think isn't really covered much, especially for young people. So I'm trying to open up that narrative a bit more. Um, pensions are absolutely key. So to give you like a quick load on the pensions, pensions are basically your retirement fund. So when you get to retirement age, yeah, we're all going to get there. I feel like I'm never going to get there, but we're going to get there. When you're about 60, 65, you start to think about retirement because you would have put in years and years of work grinding and working to the bone so now would be your time to just relax and enjoy life a bit more um so that is essentially your retirement fund so a lot of people a lot of young people especially think oh you know retirement age is miles away i don't need to think about my pension pot you know if my, my work may auto enroll me i'm gonna opt out of that i don't need to think about that i'll think about that when i'm 30 plus so i've spoken to a lot of people who are you know not necessarily at retirement age, but who contribute to their pension and people who are at retirement age. And the one piece of advice everyone says is to contribute as soon as you can. Because think about it, when you get to that age of 65 and you're thinking about slowing down and giving up work and, you know, taking your time and enjoying the rest of your life, that is all the money that you have coming in. So if you only started saving in the last 20 years, last 15 years, or even last 10 years, you won't have a lot of money there. The state pension doesn't really give you much um so you kind of have to rely on you know your external pensions whether you have a private pension that you've you know kind of self-funded whether you have a workplace workplace pension that you're that you're oh whether you have a workplace pension that your workplace have offered um you know to give you and you've kind of contributed and they, they may match or give you part money as well um it's definitely something you should consider from young I wouldn't necessarily say kill yourself. Um, Some people from young put in like 10% of their pay because you can pick a percentage of how much you want to put into your pension. So I wouldn't necessarily say kill yourself, maybe stick like between three to 5% because we're young. Um, But then certainly as you get older, so um, the person who's asking is 24, maybe when you get to about 26, 27, consider upping it to about eight to 10%. That's what I'd say because I promise you, your future retired self will thank yourself for it. So definitely... Look into pensions a bit more um, and get yourself clued up on that. And if you have a pension scheme, so I'm more recommended to people who are working full time. If you're still a student or you're working part time, wouldn't necessarily say something that you need to, you know, think about or cry about per se right now. Um, but definitely once you get into your first full time position, if they have a pension scheme, enroll. 
If not, try and figure out what kind of private pension schemes you can get. Because even if you go from job to job, if you end up working six jobs in your life and contribute to six pensions, there's def- different um, companies out there who help you basically find all the pensions you've, you've paid into, round them up and put them into one place for you. So don't worry about that. But definitely make it a consideration in your mind when you start to work full time, whether you get into the corporate industry, whatever you're doing, you're working full time, start thinking about your future, retirement, pension, and making contributions into that. So I hope that helped a little bit. Um, so here's another question. It says, paying loans. I make payments every month. Will it make my score better to double pay? Um, so with regards to loans, I think it all depends on what the type of loan is. So if we're talking about loans as in credit cards, you, it's absolutely key. If you want to see increasing in credit score, definitely, definitely, definitely pay double if it's your credit card. So when I say pay double, I mean, so let's say I bought something for 800 pounds. I bought a phone, 800 pounds, put it on my credit card and I have the money. I'm just going to put it on and pay it off, right? So I have the money there, boom, good. So instead of, you know, instead of, um, instead I could pay it all in one go, I could do, or I could say, you know what, I'm going to pay half of it at the beginning of the month. So I'm going to pay 400 pounds of it at the beginning of the month, and 14 days later, I'm going to pay £400 again to clear the rest of the balance. So I'm still paying the same £800, but because I split it into two, on your credit fight, it reflects as two payments, which then looks like, wow, you know, you're a good borrower. You've made payments, um, you made two payments to make sure you clear that that um, uh, that, that credit loan. Um, so you look like a better, responsible borrower, thus forth, your credit score goes up. But if it's like a loan, some loans have fixed payments that you have to make. So you've taken out a loan and you've agreed to the payments, the repayments that you have to make. So those ones sometimes will charge you for making additional payments or paying more than what you owe. So definitely, it obviously always depends on the loan. So definitely have a look and figure out what kind of loan you're on. If you can make more payments and pay double, then absolutely that will be better for you because you're clearing down that that um cutting down that debt and it definitely reflects on your credit score but if not then unfortunately you just kind of have to pay um or if the fee isn't too much and you have money to kind of cut it down faster and have a talk with them and kind of find that out that way um so now i think we're gonna go with the final question because we've done we've had quite a few questions thank you guys for sending them in by the way um so our final question says how do you recommend budgeting for the month that is a good Good question. Very good question. Um, so I'm very, very old school. I say this all the time. I'm so old school. I love pen and paper. I can't get enough of pen and paper. But their budget for the month is, I mentioned it, you know, early on in this episode. So I will kind of work out what all my liabilities are for that month. So I write down, so maybe this month I've got, you know, I've got to pay my rent and I've got to pay car insurance and I've got to pay some petrol and then I've got to pay... Um, maybe my Adobe subscription, then I've got to pay this and that and that. I list out everything, work out how much that is and how much is going to go aside. Because that's that that I, that's non-negotiable. That has to go, right? Your bills have to be paid. So I have to work that out first. Then after that, I kind of figure out, right, cool. I've got this much money left over. Is there anything significant happening throughout that month? Um, and when it's significant, is there any kind of trips I have to make? Um, like for example, do I have to, for me, I, I go to uni Coventry. Do I have to factor in travel to Coventry and how much that's going to cost? Is it someone's birthday and they, they want to have a birthday meal? How much is that going to cost? I factor out all that. Um, and whatever is essential from that, I will add that up and then obviously take away from how much money I've got in that month. 
cool. Then whatever's left over after that will be my general spending money and then my savings. So then from there, the split can vary, depends on what I wanna, if I say, you know what, this month I kinda wanna treat myself and I wanna get a pair of trainers, you know? Then maybe I'll save a bit less this month or so the split may not be 50-50, maybe 70-30 on the remaining amount. Um, But that kinda just depends on how I feel and how much money I wanna put aside. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I do. I like, I love to see it all written down in front of me. You can do it on a spreadsheet. You know, there's Excel spreadsheets out there. Those people who have pre-done ones where you can just literally, all the columns are already filled out. You just fill in your data, your digits, your information, and it will work out how much, you know, you can budget for that month. Um, and there's apps which do it as well. Apps which will track, literally track your spending when you attach your account to it. And we'll work out how much money you're spending, how much money you can afford to spend on certain aspects. Um, so on like entertainment, on transport and whatever, it'll tell you how much you can spend. Uh, but yeah, that's what I do. I love putting pen to paper. That's my favorite thing. I don't know why. I just, I think I'm such an academic. I've always loved, I don't know if I love education, but I do like writing essays and, you know, um, doing exams. So I've always been a very, very much a pen to paper girl. So that's, that's how I would budget for the month with my income. Um, but yes, guys, I hope, hope, hope you enjoyed this episode of Penny Problems as much as I enjoyed recording it. Remember, if you have any problems that you want to send in and you want to hear me give my guidance on, then be sure to email info at pennies2pounds.co.uk. Follow the Instagram page, pennies2poundspod on Instagram. Um, and there I'll be posting little tips and tricks here and there. There'll be an opportunity if you want to kind of get involved in some debates and discussions that I put on my Instagram story as well. You can absolutely do that. Follow me on Twitter, um, Ikea, I-K-E-Y-A-H underscore um, for new, new events, new news, information, everything. There'll be plenty more where that came from. Just keep up to date. It's going to be good. We're going to have a great 2020 and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye guys.